Hello and welcome to this edition of the NAESP Advocacy Podcast. My name is Danny Carlson. I'm NAESP's Assistant Executive Director for Policy and Advocacy. We have a special episode today. On Tuesday, it was election day. Americans voted in record numbers. Uh, the New York Times is uh, currently estimating that around 114 million ballots were cast, uh, which is an amazing uh, turnout level uh, for the midterms. Uh, so we're going to do a, a quick recap of, of what happened in these elections. Uh, what does it all mean for education uh, and specifically principles in 2019? First, uh, let's go through some numbers. Uh, first of all, the, the House of Representatives, um, the big kind of takeaway from, from this is that it, it flipped uh, from Republican control to, uh, uh, to the Democrats. Um, votes are still being counted uh, in a few states, including California, uh, but it looks like uh, Democrats are going to net somewhere between 35 and 40 seats. Uh, so we'll talk uh, in a minute about what that means um, for, uh, for education. Uh, in the Senate, uh, the uh, Republicans flipped at least three states that were previously held uh, by Democrats, uh, Indiana, North Dakota, and Missouri. Uh, were or are currently held by uh, by Democrats, but uh, it, in the next Congress, uh, those will be um, Republican uh, held. Uh, and then uh, Democrats flipped um, at least one Republican seat, uh, Nevada. Uh, there are um, there is one state uh, that is currently held by Republican, uh, Arizona, and that is currently too close to call. Uh, and then uh, just one other state that's outstanding is Florida. Uh, currently held by by Democrat, and that is also looks like it's headed to a recount. So uh, time will tell. So uh, the takeaway on the Senate is that the uh, Republicans could flip uh, as many as three, but uh, as few as only one. So we'll know more in the next uh, probably week or so. Governors, there was also uh, quite a few uh, gubernatorial races on Tuesday. 36 states uh, held races for their governors. Um, Democrats netted at least uh, seven. Um, Florida, again, uh, is, looks like it's headed for a recount, um, and so that, that could flip or could stay in Republican uh, control. Uh, and then same goes for Georgia, currently a Republican uh, governor in Georgia, uh, and that may or may not uh, flip. Uh, so as it stands today, uh, currently there, there would be uh, 23 Democrats uh, um, 23, 23 Democratic governors and 25 uh, Republican governors. Uh, state legislatures, so 87 of the 99 uh, chambers across the country held elections. Um, and as it stands now, uh, after the election, uh, Democrats will control 37 of those 99 chambers and Republicans uh, will hold 61. A um, couple notes on that. Nebraska is uh, unicameral, so it only has one legislature. It doesn't have a House and a Senate. Um, and then Minnesota is going to be the only state in the country that will have um, a divided legislature. So uh, a House and Senate that will be um, each controlled by uh, the, uh, the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, a few other notes. Uh, this, uh, there were also um, races for uh, state chiefs. So seven states held um, elections for uh, chief state school officers, um, uh, Arizona, uh, California, Georgia, Idaho, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and uh, Wyoming. 
uh, five of those seven, Georgia, Idaho, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and Wyoming, um, will be Republicans. And then Arizona and uh, California are currently undecided. So again, one, a few more of those races that we'll probably know more in the next week or so. And then finally, uh, state boards of education. So eight states plus uh, the, the District of Columbia held uh, races for state boards of education. Uh, 40 seats uh, were up for re-election. So 40 members of state boards of education across the country were up for re-election uh, and resulted in 20, uh, 21 new members and then uh, 19 incumbents uh, who won. Okay, so back to the big story though of the night and that is uh, the House of Representatives that flipped uh, to Democrats. Um, one thing that this is gonna mean uh, is probably, um, if it's even possible, uh, more gridlock. Uh, so we'll have, of course, a Republican president, um, a Republican Senate, and then a, um, and then a Democratic House. Um, and so that means that um, anything that um, Republicans want to pass uh, in terms of law, uh, must be uh, passed through um, a Democratic House. Um, and so we'll see what that uh, portends uh, as it relates to, to more compromise. Um, there is certainly a school of thought that um, sort of both sides will be um, sort of emboldened and um, you know, you know, Democrats might not be in a compromising mood as it relates to trying to um, find uh, legislation that the president um, would be interested in signing as well as the Republican Senate would be interested in passing as well. Um, so that is one, one, one dynamic. I think one other area where you'll see uh, some action is um, as it relates to subpoenas and oversight. Uh, because, uh, because Democrats will be in charge of these committees, um, they can uh, use their oversight power. Um, and I, I think what you're seeing certainly is um, a Democrats uh, salivating over the idea of bringing um, Secretary DeVos up to Capitol Hill uh, and um, have her raise her, her, her right hand and uh, be grilled under oath. Um, um, I think both her and potentially her staff uh, over various issues, uh, including rules and guidance um, that the department has scrapped. Um, this will all be you know, public. And so um, it will be very interesting to see what uh, uh, some of those issues are. Um, um, could come forward as part of the oversight process. Um, you might look to uh, state implementation of the Every Student Su Succeeds Act in particular, um, whether or not um, you know, states are uh, following the law's obligation to, to hold schools accountable uh, for all students and subgroups. Um, and so we'll be very interesting to see uh, to what extent um, the, the chairs of these committees uh, choose to sort of use that power. And finally, uh, just a few other kind of thoughts, um, uh, reflections on the election. Um, really uh, somewhat depressing, but uh, education wasn't a top issue on uh, uh, a voters' minds. Um, it, it, is, um, it, uh, it appeared, again, is, is one of those things that certainly folks uh, support, uh, but it, when it came down to sort of exit polls and, and, and folks identified what their top issues were, um, certainly healthcare, immigration, the economy, uh, uh, and, and a few others, but um, education uh, did not um, uh, sort of, I guess, bubble up to the top um, in a way that we would uh, 
like to see. Um, another thing I think just a, a trend is um, interesting in the spring, uh, teacher strikes um, were sort of um, sort of dominating uh, headlines in, 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 in a few states this spring. Um, we didn't see that translate into significant meaningful support for education. Uh, There's a few states that um, put, uh, had on the ballot um, uh, you know, measures to increase funding, um, states like Oklahoma, Colorado, and Utah, um, and all of those were defeated. Um, and so, um, so despite some um, uh, uptick this spring in support for public education, uh, at least in, in this election, um, that did not translate. So uh, that's about it for, for, for this. Um, I will continue to um, uh, um, provide updates on what I see as some trends and opportunities um, for, for education going into uh, the next Congress uh, and into 2019. So thanks for listening. Thank you.